0: If the people of Georgia are dumb enough after what they have gone through in the November 3rd election to then go toward January 5th and a runoff and think that changing nothing will change the outcome,
1: then the people of Georgia aren't half as smart as I believe them to be. So what does it say about the invincible Donald Trump if he can't win in court, he can't win with the voters, he can't uh, get uh, state legislatures to, to overturn election results, and he can't even get Republican members of Congress to do what he wants in the face of a veto threat. He starts to look not just like a loser, but somebody who is impotent.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Muckrake podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton. Here's always with Nick Halseman. Uh We we got so much dumb shit to talk about today. <laughs> I, I you know, it, it's I, I I'm so glad for the opportunity to talk about this stuff. But I have to tell you, it is just enraging, just infuriating stuff as our country has 3000 plus deaths a day. People are shoplifting to simply get food. People are getting thrown out of their houses. It is a bleak moment. And meanwhile, we have to talk about the dumb shit the Republican Party is up to. But before we get to that, just a, a quick little heads up for everybody uh, over on patreon.com slash Podcast. We just had a bonus episode talking about the holiday classic It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I believe roughly an hour and a half conversation. Uh, dissecting the mythology of, of America and history, but also talking about how things could be better and possibly how propaganda might be utilized to make America better and uh, realize our our potential.
1: Right, and uh, the fact that I got to coach basketball in the gym uh, with they where they opened the you know the floor for the pool underneath it. that that, that that's such
0: a a, a nick anecdote. I love that. <laughs> like, it, it feels like you've been literally everywhere. Uh, but unfortunately, we we have to talk about serious business today. And, um, you know, it just doesn't stop, man. It just doesn't quit. Uh, it has been a full month since Donald Trump lost the election of 2020. Handedly, by the way, Joe Biden won over 300 uh, electoral votes and lost by 7 million popular votes. Which, by the way, we had that. But that's neither here nor there because these people won't stop. They continue fighting this thing tooth and nail. We now have uh, a Supreme Court amicus brief filed by the great state of Texas uh, that has been joined by 17 other states and, as of today, 100-plus members of of Congress, Republican members of Congress, that uh, is filed against Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, the deciding states in the 2020 election, uh, claiming that they unlawfully held their elections. And you know that you should just go ahead and give the whole election to Donald Trump. So that's where we
1: are. You got to ask the question, what's the frequency, Kenneth Paxton, (laughs) AG of Texas? What are you doing? That's how insane this really is. Because you have to remember states are constitutionally allowed to run their elections on how they see fit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and elections are supposed to be held and the results are supposed to be binding. And meanwhile, we're watching the literal dismantling of our electoral system. By the way, by a party that knows Donald Trump lost. They know he lost. They, they, they're well aware. Besides, Louis Gohmert, I don't know if you saw this, was given a press conference uh, a couple days ago, and his tooth fell
1: out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nightmare. His tooth
0: fell out by the way this is a party where their 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 body parts are falling off mid press conference they can't control their flatulence they're dripping all over (laughs) podiums left and right they know that donald Mm -hmm. trump lost this election they cannot help themselves they're trying to help themselves politically economically and by the way if it all works if somehow or another this ends up in front of the supreme court and it ends up with the election being overturned which it, it won't it probably won't. I don't think it'll happen. I just went from like 100% down to right. 65. It probably won't. But if it did, Nick, they'd be fine with it. Can we just focus on that for a second? They would be totally fine if this stole the election of 2020.
1: I, I got to take a uh, detour. Did you just um, uh, uh, sort of re- reference Donald Trump? Listen, I'm the guy that likes the scatological humor on in this, in this show. Not you. You're much more highbrow than me. But are you? Referencing I,
0: I said flatulence. I said flatulence. Yeah, but be, oh, but yeah, but in, I am an academic. My but friend.
1: esoterically, I, I think that you at least conjure the image of Trump having to leave the Oval Office with a wrestler after giving him the Medal of Honor really quickly because he most likely shit his pants. <laughs> you didn't see this. <laughs>
0: I, I, I listen. I have to tell you, I have seen my fair share of videos and moments from these assholes that I thought was doctored. You know what I mean? Because it, it just feels so uh, dead on bullseye, like parody wise. Yeah, right. I've seen all this stuff and it just it just gets worse.
1: And and I will only take a response. I will take responsibility for, for making light of a situation that is pretty serious for people out there, me included. So I have been in that situation. So I feel like I am a little bit more empowered to laugh at it when it does happen. Um, but man, uh, just the thought of that positive. Cause there's not a lot of other explanations for why he just was like. Bye. and left and left this wrestler poor guy with his family in the in the oval just by himself. So, but yes, let's. I, I digress. Forgive me um, for that moment, but I just needed to uh, you know address that for a second to see where you where you, what your temperature was.
0: Uh, my temperature is surprised. Uh, <laughs> temperature is uh, thrown off. Uh, but I will say that this thing. Man, I wish we were – there's so much more stuff that we could be talking about, like real stuff. I I mentioned this in the the Patreon uh, subscriber podcast. You know, we should be talking about the fact that the nominated Secretary of Defense has like crazy ties to the military industrial complex and and military contractors. We could be talking about, you know, what we might be able to do to turn this country around and actually, I don't know, stave off certain disaster, 15 different disasters. Instead, we're dealing with this brief where we just have Republican controlled states and Republican representatives who are playing out this this theater. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not real at all, but somehow or another, it might end up to being real, and there we are.
1: Well, wait, maybe Biden appreciates this because it will hide the discussion over whether Neera Tanden should be, you know, the position she's got. And now Susan Rice, who doesn't really have, you know, policy experience, is going to be in a role where she needs that. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's kind of good for Biden to kind of stay in his basement for a little while longer and not have to take any of the heat for these picks.
0: I hate it. I hate it so much. And I hate that we have to talk about this, that we have to continue to be held hostage by this thing. Meanwhile, and, 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 you know, we keep trying to tell people, yeah, this probably isn't going to work, but it does damage right? It it, it perpetuates the myth of a stolen election. Uh, it, it also leads to violence, which if you want to talk about violence, like let's, let's look at what our president of the United States have said. Um, this is retweeted for those who haven't seen it. This is a, um, he's just watching OANN. And, and what I love about it is this president who can't be bothered to get off of his dumb ass to fight the pandemic is watching OANN with his stupid fingers and actually, like, typing out what he sees on OANN. That's more effort than he's put into being president of the United States and dealing with the pandemic. 3,000 plus a day. They're expecting, like, three, like 300, 3,500,000 dead by next year. Uh, and meanwhile, he's over here. This is, this is something from the president's uh, Twitter. People are upset and they have a right to be. Georgia not only supported Trump in 2016, but now, which by the way, we haven't talked about this. I love that so many of these people are like, Biden won states that Trump won. Obviously that means they cheated. That's an incredible. Oh,
1: oh it gets worse. Trump. No, Trump was winning at 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights. So what, <laughs> what, what, what do you,
0: what, <laughs> what, and, and by the way, if you want to talk about pathetic, he was on Twitter the other day saying, I was favored by the bookies. Atlantic <laughs> like, City. Like, like, hey, the Atlantic hey, City hey, the- and <laughs> Trump came out. But let, let's finish this out from OANN, okay. the uh, most trusted name in news. This is the only state in the deep south that went for Biden. Wonderful. Have they lost their minds? This is going to escalate dramatically. This is a very dangerous moment in our history. The fact that our country is being stolen. A coup is taking place in front of our eyes, and the public can't take this anymore. A Trump fan at Georgia rally on OANN. And then, after the quote is done, Nick,
1: bad. Not sad, just bad.
0: Bad. So here's the whole question. If the president of the United States—and I told everybody to go back to uh, 2012— and see what happened after Romney was soundly defeated by Obama and Trump who was had no skin in the race whatsoever got on Twitter and said we need to march on Washington. I like it's obvious he doesn't care. He's totally fine with pushing this into a civil war. He's telling his supporters there's a coup, the country's being stolen. Nothing new there, but this is going to escalate. Like that what does that mean? That means violence is what it means.
1: You know, we've been kind of signaling that for a while and the worry about how that could happen but you know we got to admit it, it's been very quiet right there's nothing going on which is sort of the uncertainty around what's going on here i suppose your point would be once this finally does shake out on december uh 17th whatever it is and they finally are supposedly asserting this i think that is when it, it, we're going to be worried right that's when, when the supreme court is going to say f you get the hell out of our hallowed halls." or whatever we're going to call that, um, and, uh, and it's over, it's done. Like, I suppose that is when they're going to start marching because the last hope is now extinguished, uh, the legitimate hope, I suppose, we'll call it.
0: I think there are different strands. So there, there are some people who, they're institutionalists, you know, they, they totally expect the Supreme Court with, you know, Kavanaugh and Barrett and, and that whole group, they expect them to pay Trump back for being, you know, put on the court and somehow or another the Supreme Court will overturn this whole thing. And by the way, I think there are people around Trump who believe that as well. Uh, those people would be disappointed. Those people are not the ones I think that you should be scared of. I, I think those are the ones who will get on Twitter or they're like, I will protest this decision by moving to Parler, you know, or, what, <laughs> right. or whatever dumbass uh, social media site they've created today because Parler didn't let them, you know, post Holocaust memes, right? <laughs> okay. um, well, actually, I, I assume Parler is totally fine with Holocaust memes. But the ones that we should be afraid of are the ones who are waiting for January 20th. Because the moment that Biden swears in as president of the United States – they're back at war with the United States of America, if that makes sense. It's, it's being handed over to an illegitimate president. It's being handed over to an enemy. In their minds, it's being hand, hand, handed over to Jewish puppet masters, people of color, and uh, internal traitors. I think the really dangerous moment for us is the 20th of January. I think the Supreme Court thing is going to ruffle the 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 Kraken heads. You know, the people who are like, Sidney Powell, Sidney Powell's got this. But it's it's the people on the 20th, I think, who we need to be worried about.
1: Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and you've seen the interesting thing about Trump in the Georgia stuff is that, you know, he simply won't go and, and you know, uh, give an endorsement or ringing endorsement for either of these candidates. And so as a result, you're seeing, you know, these interviews where you I, I was expecting to see some of the Georgians really angry and really roused up, ready to go and do something. But instead, they're more like, "Eh, I might not vote. And a lot of times when you hear people say, oh, you got be careful, Trump, you know, you're going to cast aspersions on how legitimate selection is. People aren't going to show up. To me, I was like, that doesn't that doesn't work. They're going to show up. But you know what? After a few of these CNN interviews you see with the, with the people, uh, I, I'm starting to think that, that, that there might be some veracity to that.
0: Well, and, and, you know, we, we talk a lot about the intersection of politics, uh, and, and economic interest, right? So we have all these, we have some really incredible rose galleries out there operating in America right now. So like Mike Flynn, by the way, love Mike guy. Flynn, what a, what a, what a wonderful guy, Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn is, Merry Christmas Mike, to Flynn. Mike Flynn,
1: yes, happy Hanukkah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, 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 I assume half of that message he would welcome, but he, uh, he, he's out there on every Q and on podcast platform. He, it sounds like he's starting his own group that he's calling Digital Soldiers, uh, which, by the way, not that that's weird or upsetting <laughs> at all. And if you and if you remember that also comes from like the QAnon di- or, uh, digital soldiers oath that a bunch of people took, including by the way, uh incoming congresswoman uh from Georgia. And this this thing where they swore the the oath of the military, but they actually went ahead and just swore it to QAnon. So, not that that's whoops weird then meanwhile you have you have one lawyer after another that trump basically employed for two days but got a little too wild in their in 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 their uh their conspiracy theories who are in georgia holding parallel rallies to leffler and purdue and they're like i wouldn't vote in this election this election's rigged show them that you shouldn't that these elections are rigged and then meanwhile you have republicans who are coming out who are like no, they're, they're heretics. They're not real. They're grifters. And meanwhile, it's like, who's saying this? Oh, it's the Republican grifters. So right now, it is a, uh, to, to preview a topic we're getting ready to talk about in a moment, it is a civil war on the far right right now over who's going to get paid, who's going to get money. And that's going to come into fruition with the special election.
1: Well, I'm really glad you brought up the lawyers because uh, there's a lot of lawyers on Twitter. By the way,
0: by the way, quote. Lawyers.
1: Lawyers. Right. Lawyers. Gregory Peck was a lawyer, right? So in the same way, but man, he'd be much better in what we see here because they're releasing the documents of what they're submitting to the court. And it's embarrassing because some of these judges are having to respond saying like, you're quoting a case that doesn't even apply to our circuit and you're trying to quote from a page, you know, page four of this uh, previous uh, case and whatever you're quoting doesn't even exist on that page. And I'm wasting t- time with my clerk going through this to explain this is not – this doesn't even apply to the case you're arguing. It, that's so, how by bad the way, it is.
0: To bring everybody in on this because I've been studying like the QAnon movement and like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out seeing what these people are cooking okay. up, what they're baking. So – the The wonderful thing about that fringe paranoid part of the country is there's nothing that Trump and his idiots could do. I assume I haven't come across it yet. I assume there's probably a I don't know six hour breakdown of Rudy farting at a hearing and how that was a a a, a, a signal to the deep state Morse code. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> There, there should be a better. I, I should have a better. You know, more. You know, something that rhymes. But has no, that goes. was.
0: The, you know what? I bet that exists on YouTube. I guarantee you that that exists. Oh, right.
1: I, I've seen a guy. I know a guy who could fart the national anthem. And I wouldn't so, recommend that.
0: What's happening? In this this episode is. Uh, this episode is getting loose real fast. I'll just <laughs> say that. But they 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 have taken all of these mistaken filings. So it's it's not just like. It's not just they're citing, like, cases that don't apply. They're, like, turning in blank documents. They're misspelling one word after another. The typos are everywhere. And mean, and meanwhile, while everybody is, like, dunking on them on Twitter because these are idiot filings, the people in QAnon are like, well, if you take – the misspelled C and you oh, move no. it to the blank page <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like it's a signal because there's no way that these people are that incompetent. There's no way that this isn't going to work. There is a plan, obviously, and it's that faith that we talked about on the last episode. It's a religious belief that Trump and the people around him are going to be ultimately successful. The question is the people who have that faith, when their faith is not rewarded are they going to continue are they going to be like the cult members who are like, Well, the world was supposed to end on Tuesday, but now the leader's saying it ends next Tuesday? Or are they the ones who all of a sudden become nihilistic and violent? And and that's sort of the question that we're sitting on right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? What makes me a little bit nervous because obviously these cases, it's like fifty to one, right? That they're the record now against uh, they got thrown out in these court, court cases. Um, but you know, and we've even seen the Supreme Court do the right thing, unanimously say we're not going to hear this one case because it was complete nothing burger. But time out! No,
0: no, time out! I am not going to give credit to the Supreme Court for doing the right thing. There has been, in in this Supreme Court, there has been a decision with the conservative wing that they are not going to waste their legitimacy on bullshit. They they're more than fine throwing out laws. They're more than fine oppressing people. But you can tell by what you just mentioned that the Supreme Court threw out this thing and would not hear on it. If Trump would have been closer, if this thing would have been a blanket thing to deal with, they would have went ahead and taken care of it. They would have handed him the election. No problem. The problem is they have to maintain a semblance of legitimacy for other projects. The right and the Republicans know that Trump lost this and that they're not going to probably win the thing. Otherwise, they would be full bore in on it, which, by the way, should terrify everybody.
1: But that's my fear is that because they've got, you know, this Texas lawsuit, they've got over 100 congressmen who are signing in the amicus brief. They've got a whole bunch of other states that want to join as plaintiffs in this case. That's what scares me. Like that one's going to be the one they sneak in there. And now you're like, well, of course, they're never going to rule in favor of Texas. It's impossible to get to the Constitution. But the, you know, once you get them in the door, like that gets me a little bit nervous. And by the way, fine, it, it, it work, doesn't work this time. Well, the next time, there's a little bit more precedent. There's a little bit more precedent. Next thing you know, we went from 2000 to now, To the next one, and that's what's so scary about all of this, because the norms are so shattered, the faith in our system is so shattered on both sides. Right? We were, you know, we were yelling to high heaven about Stacey Abrams and how it was manipulated that way on a different level. It was legitimately stolen. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) That was
0: a legitimately stolen election.
1: Right, and and, and with different methods, which are more provable and easily, you know, whatever. But um, again, we, 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 the faith in the elector, elector electoral process is destroyed to some degree, even though because Biden won by so much, I still feel like, hey, it it held up. We're okay. But there's way too many people in this country who do not believe in that. And uh, if you get that far where you're ready to have violence or ready to get into a lot of huge heated arguments about it, it's too late. You're never going to change them. and We're at an impasse. And I don't know how we ever change that.
0: I'm going to... if, 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 if you and our audience would indulge me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little um, – some uplifting content from, um, from a Freedom, Freedom Award winning member of, uh, of our media. Uh, yes, that's right. I'm talking about one Rush Limbaugh of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, on today's program, he had, by the way, he had a caller call in and just – that caller got wild. I love it when they call him that and they get I have to tell you, Nick, that one of my favorite things on Russia's show, right? Rush Limbaugh, by the way, has been active now for decades, destroying um, you know, I was gonna I was gonna go small, but I'll go big, destroying civilization. I mean, just 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 like wreaking havoc on shared society. And you know, he's done it in order to sell iced teas, cigars, and books that no one reads, you know. Um uh, he he he's a he's a total villain and a menace. And you'll get these callers and they'll be like, rush, uh I just, I, I, I think that you were, uh, you were a hero, <laughs> and I just, I'm so proud of you for fighting for America. And you know, Rush is sitting there with like his microphone, and he's just like, "Oh my God, this person's a moron," you know. So one of these people calls in today. And they're all choked up because they're, ta- they're talking to Rush Limbaugh, Nick. I mean, just Rush Limbaugh. And they're like, you know, what can we do? How do we fight this thing? Rush Limbaugh knows Donald Trump lost this election. He's not he's not a moron. He gets it. He, he He's in on this thing. He's in on the grift. So after he gets off the call with this guy, uh, he starts addressing the guy's questions. And he says um, – He says, I thought you were asking me something else when you said, can we win? I thought you meant, can we win the culture? Can we dominate the culture? I actually think, and I've referenced this, I've alluded to this a couple of times because I've seen others allude to this. I actually think we're trending toward secession. I see more and more people asking what in the world do we have in common with the people who live in, say, New York? What is there that makes us believe that there is enough of us to even have a chance at winning New York, especially if you're talking about votes? Now, real fast, before we talk about the ramifications of that, I just want to point out what a massive piece of bullshit this is. How many times a year when there's not a pandemic, do you think Rush Limbaugh goes to New York City? How often do you think he hangs out in New York City? how How, how much of his life do you think has been spent in New York City in upscale you know cigar clubs and fine restaurants
1: and meetings? A, like the a idea lot, that right? he's
0: just a common that he's just a common man, Nick.
1: Oh, I see yes. Yeah, him and Hamdi.
0: Yeah, they're just a couple of Midwestern dudes who, you know, they're, they're, they're unfrozen caveman lawyers. They're very, you know, scared of removing airplanes. And it's like he's been playing this us versus them thing for the longest time. And meanwhile, he's talking about breaking up the country. He's literally talking about dissolving the union. That's that's all.
1: Is he wrong? I don't know. I don't know if he's wrong. I, at this point, I'm happy I live in my own uh, country of California. Let's just get, combine the Dakotas, give us two more of the senators, and call it a day.
0: Okay, time out. First things first, before we have this conversation, because I think this is an important conversation that we should have. Let's, just point, let's not give the people out there who dislike us our enemies, Nick. Let's not give them ammunition which is Nick Hausman in California saying dissolve the union. I'm living in California. Don't worry about it. So let's not give that away. But I want to talk about why that's even something that's being talked about, why that's something bandied about, why that's something that somebody could even bring up in public, which is what we've been talking about, which is a, a, a loss of faith, not just in the election,
1: but in one another. Let's talk about that. But I'm hey, build a wall let's get all the people who uh, agree with us in the, in those, you know, by the way, here's the interesting question is like, what, what is a geographical makeup of like what would, uh, a two party system or a two country system look like here? Uh, and where would you draw that line? But we, you know, you we know can, what it looks like. It's this, what the Mason Dixon line?
0: No, no, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's the, that's the predecessor of okay. what we're talking about. We're talking about two coasts. And the middle of the country—that's what we're talking about. Right. That's legitimately what we're talking about. Which, by the way, the fact that that is what it is, I think, gives us our solution,
1: like a to big the problem. bridge, a big bridge going from the middle of the country. Like a big,
0: yeah, a big giant eco-friendly bridge. It's like the ones that you see sometimes, where it's like they let the wolves walk over yeah, exactly. the highway. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or underground, uh, even. Maybe make it like a bullet train. Right, but we
0: need to talk about the fact that this is.
1: <laughs> this is symptomatic
0: of a large problem. Also, by the way, I, li- I live in Georgia, the the blue state of Georgia. Hey. And if you think if you think there's a secession movement, if you think that just because my state went blue this year that I'm not going to be included in it, also I can tell you there are a lot of good progressive people. There's a lot of good people in general in a state like Georgia.
1: Well, there, well, well we wait, have a lot ball- of revenue. Ball- we'll move everybody over here. This come, come. We'll we'll, we'll accept you. Mm-hmm. We'll transplant you.
0: Nick, have you been on Twitter lately? Sure. The good people, okay, okay. So right now, the people that would be paying to move the vulnerable poor into this new country are the ones who can't get behind student debt relief.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's, there's a picotillo. those minor, minor little, you know, character flaws. Do you flaws. think
0: they would let us leave?
1: Oh, that's interesting because your revenue. Do
0: you think – do you think – that the borders would be, I don't know, violence-free? No. If this country broke in, too, there would be a civil war in days.
1: Yes. Days. Well, it'd also be mass chaos, people trying to get out or get in or whatever, right? So that would just be gridlock uh, of, of, of epic this- proportions.
0: This fantasy of secession. By the way, they're not—they're not fucking around with it, man. Like when they talk about secession, they're talking about forming their own country, getting their own resources, and then fighting. Because the moment you break up the union, you have a reason to go to war with people, and you're not bound by things like I don't know laws and decorum. Wait, right?
1: you don't think they just want to be left alone? No.
0: Have you ever <laughs> met
1: these people? <laughs> no. These I don't are the
0: like, I'm sorry. These are the ones who are still in Iraq. I looked it up today. We're in 150 countries around the world. No, these people do not just want to be left alone. They're evangelical. They're they're like all about taking over the world and all the resources. They want to break up the country so they can take over the country. So it's not like saying goodbye, sayonara, we are now divorced. We'll, you know We'll share the kids on the weekend. That's not what this is. Like, they're talking about that. And meanwhile, liberals are like, yeah, I don't want to deal with those jackoffs anymore. Like, this is a really dangerous sort of an imagination that's starting to get bandied around simply because we've allowed these people to act in such bad faith. It's hurt our, uh, our political process.
1: Um, okay, I mean, I guess it's reasonable. Uh, to me, my envisioning was, because again, you know, anybody who is an adult at this point, who has gotten this far as believing that this election was stolen, like, where, how are we ever going to find any kind of common ground? And, and it's not even that, you almost could say, okay, you know, let them go back underground. Because by the way, the violent people that are around, and who are really upset now because of the Biden administration, they were around in 20, 2008, right? Um, and yet they didn't really cause mass havoc. I would right. I think it's fair to say now, granted we were in the middle of a, you know, the, the, the worst housing, you know, recession can, whatever we want to call it. So that could have been a part of it as well. But, um, I, I, I want to point out where fast. are they at? Where were that? What was happening then when, you know, a black man got elected to the white house? That was even more enraging.
0: I, uh, I would not be doing myself or the other Hoosier members of the muckrake community any service if I didn't point out that in 2008, the Hoosier State of Indiana went blue for Barack Hussein Obama II. OK. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why it went blue for Obama is because Obama worked his way through the Midwest talking about resurrecting the Midwest and bringing industry back to the Midwest. That was his entire message. I I agree with you that there is no way to reach across the aisle in the way that people are talking about. I'm, I, I don't know if you saw this, but Biden is now saying that he's putting together a commission to reach across the aisle.
1: Yeah, oh, that's cute. It's it's
0: ceremonial. It's completely ineffective. And if anybody involved in it spends more than five minutes of their time and energy on it, they have wasted a part of their lives. <laughs> we have to stop talking to them. We have to stop hearing their propaganda. We have to stop hearing them because they are lost in another reality. We have to deal with the underlying circumstances that have radicalized them. That's it. I'm t- I keep saying this. It's like the people back in Indiana, they don't believe in climate change. They'll believe in climate change if they're building solar panels. right. I think that there's a back door that you can get into this thing. I don't think that we should simply say, and and I have to I, I have bad news. We're not going to tweet them out of racism. We're not going to tweet them out of fascistic authoritarian tendencies. We're not going to tweet them out of misogyny, but we can de-radicalize them and get them on board and possibly start to make a difference going forward. And we can deal with education. We can deal, we can, you know, take care of all of these propaganda things that are happening on the right. We can deal with some of the tribal things, but we're not going to simply just make them change. And also, we're not going to say goodbye, good luck, fuck you, take care.
1: Well, I've got it. I've got, it's a two part solution. Are you ready? The first part is you got to do that thing. Uh what is it called when, like, these people we elect, they all get together in the chamber? And yeah, right, they legislate. Okay, they got to do some legislation. That's what they got to do. And the second I've heard, part is. I've heard- rumors of the olden times yes back like you know in the, the dark crystals they, they would spread the sand around and, and, and hum now so they have to do that that's one thing That's they, and then another thing would be is all that legislation thing that they'd be doing has to actually work and, and actually have, to have some positive effect on people's lives and after maybe like two or three years of that yeah, maybe, right? We they, they they get on board a little bit. I mean, certainly, um, you know, things like Medicare that's been around for long enough. People get on board, even though it, to describe it before it happens, it's socialism and socialist medicine and all that stuff. It's we can't have it. So yes, maybe that's the solution. Is they just got to freaking roll their sleeves up and actually do what they're supposed to do. And the movie version is the, the 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 music fades up and the camera you know lifts up on the crane and you know we have a sunset in the background and everyone's like, gosh. It is great that I got health insurance. Man, is that nice! If the police were retrained not to shoot so many darn people, I don't know. Like, maybe you're right. That would be great. It would. I mean, that's that's not a bad four years, you know.
0: Right. And and I have to I have to tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you because we I and we've made this promise. We're not going to sugarcoat things. Going forward, Biden is going to be sworn in on January 20th. We're not going to handle it with kids' gloves. We're still going to talk about what's wrong with politics, and we're still going to cover this Republican fascistic movement. We're going to call it like we see it. I don't like what's happening right now with a lot of these picks. I don't like this idea. Like I, and I'll tell you the things I just mentioned, the commission to reach across the aisle, which is just utter bullshit. <laughs> Meanwhile, while getting a secretary of defense who – I'm sorry, but when you are on boards that work with the military industrial complex and contractors, every situation and every step forward is interlaced with buying more weapons. And by the way, if you buy weapons, Nick – you got to use those damn weapons because you got you to make room for more weapons. And, and that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why we're in a state of austerity and why people are radicalized. It's honest to God the truth. You have a situation where the middle of the country is – they used to call it the brain drain is what happened. Like, you go off to college and then you go off to the coast and you like seek work. And then in the middle of the country, you have a bunch of dying communities and people who are unhappy. You have opioid addiction. You have uh, educational problems. You have healthcare problems. You have food deserts. You have healthcare deserts. I don't like those two decisions in conjunction with each other. We need to take money away from the military industrial complex and we need to not deal with the delusions of these people. And and those things in tandem would make a big difference. And then the programs that would actually come in the back door and de-radicalize and change the country. Um, but we, we we need to get serious about this thing.
1: I mean, we didn't talk about having to recall Dianne Feinstein. I mean, here's someone who is really struggling at this point And, uh, I don't know what's going to happen but I would be I'm don't don't be surprised if by the middle of next year uh they they pick somebody else to take her position because I don't think she's doing well at all. Well, you know, and 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 here's the
0: other thing. I don't know that everyone listening to the podcast even knows about this because I have to tell you cuz I keep I keep track of the way social media talks about this stuff and I look at silos. Like I kind of I have like different settings and different lists that I keep track of and different accounts that I look at things through. And I have to tell you that in democratic circles, that Feinstein article was not shared. That that made the rounds in politicos, people who follow politics very, very closely and talk about what goes on behind the scenes and also leftist circles because they're very unhappy, of course, with Diane Feinstein. For those who are not aware, uh, an article came out Washington Post, I believe it was. New
1: York uh,
0: was it the New Yorker? Oh, yeah, it was Jane Mayer. That's right. An uh, article came out that uh, over the past couple of years, uh, Diane Feinstein has uh, been having problems, uh, cognitive issues, as she's gotten older and older. And it's gotten to the point where there are all these missteps and it's actually sort of reached a point where Democrats are very worried about her capability of serving. Well, one of the problems we have, of course, is we have a generation divide within the Democratic Party. We have a lot of older representatives who hold the reins of power, and we have a lot of younger people, a lot of younger insurgents, so to speak, and we've talked about that. The next couple of years in the Democratic Party is going to be its own demolition derby as people try and grasp into power, and that older generation, they're not getting younger, and they're not – they're not going to hold over the conversation. I, I, I do think that Biden is going to get pushed left to a certain degree. The question is, what does that amount to? Because I don't think we're going to get a Green New Deal. I hate to tell you, but it's, it's become a politically toxic slogan. I, and, and by the way, I live in Georgia, which, by the way, might be the future. I, I, I don't even know what they're going to call Trumplandia, right? Down here in Georgia, every commercial against Warnick, And Ossoff, who are both trending upwards in the polls, by the way. I just want to put put that out there. Every commercial mentions the Green New Deal. Every single one of them. And it's become such a toxic football that it will end up being something between nothing and the Green New Deal, which maybe will be a push forward. But if he gets pushed left a little bit and if, by the way, grassroots, the voters, the people who are listening here work, we could push this thing leftward. But it's 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 pushing a boulder up a hill.
1: Um, I, I agree. I mean, we'll probably see something like what we saw with Obama, just, you know, some measures to help people get some more solar and we'll, and, you know, we'll go back to doing a lot more rebates uh, uh, at the state level as well. I mean, there was a moment there in 2010 where it almost cost me nothing to put solar panels on my house. They would be, end up getting rebated back to me completely. So um, and then those, those have all kind of gone away under Trump. So I would, I would imagine we're going to do some of the sprinkling on you know on top. We'll do a little here, a little there, try and get back in that lane that we were in, at least, which is probably not the worst idea for at least like a couple of years, get everyone settled get everyone comfortable, um, and then AOC will run and, and uh, get all more of these things passed. But it's probably be too late by that point. But, but have a great weekend anyway.
0: I No, I just love that you are just steering into all the California stereotypes right now. It's my favorite <laughs> thing sometimes. It's like – it's it's fantastic. You know, right. hey. th- go ahead and ship off Red America while I put my solar panels up on my roof. It's really – you know. I wish I had solar panels on my roof. That's I was amazing. trying to think
1: of like – I moved out here for Hollywood because I was writing screenplays and all that stuff. But it's like, well, I have moved out here for the politics. It's interesting. Probably not necessarily from Chicago. But um, I I, don't, I wonder if people actually feel that way where they – you know they're willing to move based on on the political landscape of, the, of geographically, but that's the
0: whole point is, and that goes back to the secession thing. We don't have choices anymore. Like I I'm 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 a liberal arts professor, man. I've got I've got tenure. I do you know how many tenured jobs there are in the country now in my field? Because right. I could I could name them for you. <laughs> right. And and it wouldn't even extend this podcast very, very much past the point of no return. Like a lot of us, particularly in the generation that that I comprise. We, we, we don't have any mobility. We take what we can get and we end up in a state that ends up like suppressing us and oppressing us and making sure that we're not taken care of. Um, it would be a lot better. And, and, and I, I would say it's the only way forward is to actually go ahead and lift up everybody. Like we, we, we have to get past this idea. We talked about this before. Politics has turned into a thing where it's like, yeah, America's shitty. Who's it going to be shittier for? Right. You know, and every election is like a decision over which part of the country is going to feel worse. And the other side still, you know, still sucks. But, you know, then then it's like who's going to feel worse the next four years? And that's what Trump was. Trump was not an actual politician. He didn't do anything besides dismantle government, you know, and, and line his own pockets. Um you know, it was just a symbolic vote. It was like we're going to put it to you know the left and people of color and and anybody who cares about basic human decency. It's just like you know flipping them off as you walk out the door. And we gotta we gotta move beyond that at some point.
1: Right. It's the uh, Mr. Potter version of uh, of the government uh, from It's a Wonderful Life uh, versus the socialist uh, tendencies of um, George Bailey.
0: That's right. And for everybody who hasn't checked it out yet, I thought it was a good episode.
1: Oh I thought yeah. That was- we really got into it, and I think we really you know, got some really interesting takes on uh, a movie that people might have just cursorily watched in the past and never really maybe absorbed or seen. So, but it's also a movie that people watch a lot, so they might enjoy the notion that they can look at it in a totally, totally new way now that they'll see it again this Christmas uh, season. So
0: real fast, um, if if you want to hear that episode, we're gonna put up a teaser this weekend so you can hear a little bit of it. Um all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast, become a patron, you'll unlock that and other benefits. Uh, but and, and also by the way, for anyone interested, uh, December twenty third, right before the Christmas Eve Eve at seven thirty PM Eastern, we're gonna host a muckrake holiday party. So for Ooh. anybody who wants to be a part of that, go over to Patreon.com slash muckrake podcast. I, it, it, listen, by the time that's over, I'm going to have the lampshade on the head. So we're going to be fine. <laughs> uh, but I will say my only regret, Nick, is that we 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 talked about It's a Wonderful Life. Talked about pouring yourself a little Christmas cheer. talking about Talking about communities and neighbors. I had a friend of mine drop off the best eggnog I've ever tasted in my entire life today. And I'm upset that we couldn't record It's a Wonderful Life while I was having a little bourbon in my eggnog.
1: Is eggnog like is it egg based? Cuz I guess I've never really had eggnog but I just I know I hate it. Eggnog is wonderful. I don't know. I just I, I don't like I can't drink eggs. So is it egg based? Well, yeah 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 there there are eggs in it. Cuz it could be like, you know, hamburger there's no ham in a hamburger, right? So is there eggs in an eggnog? I guess there is. Uh, I don't know. I I'm, I can't I can't mess with that. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, I eggs.
0: could be wrong and I'm just speaking out of my ass here. I think hamburger is called hamburger because of Hamburg, Germany, right?
1: Sure. Or they're the Count of Hamburger or whatever, right? That guy. Uh, well, who knows, Lord right? Hamburger.
0: You know what? There's so much conjecture happening right now, but I will say this. It is a solid fact. Eggnog is a fantastic holiday drink. And if you are a lover of eggnog and want to come to the Muckrake holiday party, December 23rd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, go over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast. I hope like hell that over the weekend we're not going to have any more challenges for the election. But I'm not naive, Nick. I know that we will. I know that uh, Rudy, apparently, uh, Rudy Giuliani, like all of the uh, rich assholes around Trump has apparently made a recovery from COVID because they are given top of the line experimental drugs. Um, I assume he'll be out spreading COVID and and causing more havoc. Uh, We'll talk more about this when we have our new episode on Tuesday. In the meantime, uh, you can find Nick over at Can You Hear Me? SMH. You can find me at JY Saxton. Stay safe, everyone.